Welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast, where we talk to C-level leaders from across the payments landscape. We'll be discussing the products and services that impact the payment space today, as well as trends and predictions for the future of payments. We will also hear stories from our guests about their journeys to the top. We're focused on lowering barriers to entry, making it easy for non-experts to enter the payment space, and specifically, we are really focused on making it easy to launch innovative card programs. That was Meg Nakamura, the co-founder and CEO of Apto Payments, and she is our special guest this week. This is episode 114 of the Leaders in Payments podcast, and I'm your host, Greg Myers. Meg grew up in the suburbs of Chicago and has been in San Francisco for the last 13 years. She's passionate about enabling other companies to solve interesting use cases with their products. Apto was started in 2014 and currently has approximately 50 employees. In 2015, Apto launched the first U.S. Bitcoin-backed debit card. Today, Apto is focused on eliminating barriers for entry and making it easy for non-experts to enter the payment space with a focus on helping their clients launch innovative card programs. Meg believes that crypto is in the early days and that there are opportunities around real-time payments and international payments with crypto. We've got a great episode today, so let's get started. Hi, Meg. Thank you for being here and welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast. Hey, Greg. Thanks so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Great, great. Well, let's dive right in. Tell our audience a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, where you went to school, where you currently live, a few things like that. Sure, sure. So let's see, by way of background, I am Japanese American and I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. I've lived in Tokyo, New Jersey, New York, and now, gosh, 13 years in San Francisco. Okay. Does that finally feel like home? I guess it does, doesn't it? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay, well, let's jump in and talk about Apto Payments. So tell us what Apto does. So Apto, at the highest level, our mission is to help bring positive change in the world. And sure, maybe that sounds fluffy, but the way in which we do that is we aim to provide companies and entrepreneurs access to the payments ecosystem so they can then deliver amazing products to their customers that they can't live without. We're focused on lowering barriers to entry, making it easy for non-experts to enter the payment space. And specifically, we are really focused on making it easy to launch innovative card programs. Okay. And how big is the company? We just surpassed 50 people. So we're 50 people spread out in the US as well as in Spain. Okay. And your customers are other fintech companies? Our customers are fintech companies, but also non-fintech companies. I think over the last several years, whether it's this embedded finance movement or whatever you want to call it, we're seeing non-finance companies enter the payment space and launch card programs that are very meaningful to their brand and their strategy. Okay. And when you say card programs, is that sort of step one and there'll be other products in the future? So I think when I talk about non-fintech customers, call it even Apple. They just launched a very flashy credit card program with Apple not too long ago. And, and now you see them getting into buy now, pay later. And so it becomes mm -hmm. part of a suite of products for our customers 
and we're excited to be part of that strategy. And how do you go to market? So do you have a direct sales force or do you, you know, have channel partners? What's your sort of go to market strategy? So I think this is one of the areas that we're we're most proud of, which is I guess by way of background, I should add that I was a former consultant and worked at a company that worked with a lot of banks and financial institutions. So the opportunity that my co-founder and I saw was really to rethink the whole way that this industry is thought about and approached and really serviced. So what we're doing and what we're really excited about is to create more and more self-service developer tools. We have an offering that, that we've called instant issuance, much like in the acquiring space where customers can go sign up on their own time, develop their front-end tools, drop code in, and really start accepting payments without talking to a sales team. We're trying to deliver that same experience on the issuance side. So what that means is if you have a vision for a card program, rather than having to knock on a door, send emails to sales teams and ask for time and meetings and review contracts and go through that whole rigmarole, your team can go sign up for an account on our website, access our developer tools 24-7, start building in Sandbox, and then even move to production all on your own schedule, all on your own time. So the reason why I say all that to your question is coming back to what is our go-to-market strategy. It really is, at this point, word of mouth. We've had tremendous success in referrals from our partners, but really the inbound has been so great that uh, we haven't really yet needed to develop that outbound sales strategy. Nice. Well, what would you say differentiates your company from your competitors out there? So I really come back to this idea of rethinking how we approach this business. And I guess to give you a foundational way of thinking about it, we're at 50 people right now and we have over 100 customers. And so that ratio of customers to people is two to one. And if we do this right and we automate as much as we can and we really optimize for the self-service principle of what we intend to deliver in the market, then that ratio of customers to employees should continue to grow very, very rapidly and hopefully exponentially. I don't think others in this space are really thinking about that as a key KPI, or at least that's not how we've seen it to date. So we're excited about how we can grow this business, scale this business, and really accomplish a lot with a relatively small team. And have you raised money to launch the company? We have. We are, I guess, seven years into this company. We started in YC in 2014. So it's been a bit. But as you well know, payments is hairy and it's complicated and the unknown unknowns are are quite many. And so at every turn, it feels like you're uncovering a new rock or you're turning over a new rock. So it's taken a bit to get here, but we're really excited for where we are. Okay. And where do you see the payments industry heading, say, in the next two to three years? Two to three years. So I would say that pre-pandemic is already two years ago, right? So <laughs> even in that time frame. I feel, at least in San Francisco, that we've seen tremendous acceleration of 
mobile payments and specifically in-person NFC mobile-based Apple or Google phone related payments. I think the idea of carrying around plastic, the idea of signing paper, all of that stuff will quickly go away. I also, from our perspective, I've seen some actual tangible progress in the crypto space. And so I'm proud to say that we are settling in stablecoin. And that's a really cool development from our perspective. Okay. And if you were uh, able to get the crystal ball out and look 10 years down the road, what do you think things start to look like? Well, I do think we're still early days in crypto. So that this is going to be a big, bold statement. But I do expect there to be progress in that space. The nature of real-time money movement, I think, is really possible given some of these new technologies. And alongside that, would be the global nature of the use case support. A lot of these payment systems are very regional or even country specific today, and that creates tons and tons of complexity and just challenge in executing some of the newer needs in the newer use cases. Can you, you bring up the word use cases, can you maybe give us a couple of uh, maybe the more common use cases of your customers or use cases that you're solving for your customers? Sure. So a couple of the newer areas that we see quite a bit of momentum on the consumer side would be A, this idea of credit building. So I think you've probably heard this quite a bit. Younger generations are maybe not scared of credit, but more leaning towards the debit card as part of their top of wallet spending option. And the limitation of that though, however, is unfortunately in this country, a a credit score is pretty meaningful. It unlocks a bunch of other things. And so the question is, how can you responsibly build credit? And a number of our customers are seeing great adoption of those types of products. Another area I would say that it solves a real pain point for folks would be early access to earned wages. So I think coming back to legacy systems or complexity in the system due to the older nature of how money moves, the fact that you can go and work a job and you've earned those wages, but you have to wait you know, maybe even a month or 30 days to get paid for that work doesn't seem to align with where the world is going. Obviously, you and I and and all of us, we've become more reliant on this on-demand nature of everything available on our phone at the push of a button. So I think anything that solves for more real-time access is really exciting. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. And that's definitely a a hot trend, I think, is companies launching these earned wages, access type solutions. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about you. I'd love to dig deeper into your journey and how you got to be in your role today as a a co-founder and CEO there at Apto. So maybe walk us through your background and how you got to where you are today. Sure, sure. So I've heard that you've used this phrase I've fallen into payments. I actually share that sentiment with you. (laughs) In 2005, after graduating college, I joined a consulting company that my economics professor had co-founded. And I just got really lucky. I got lucky in the sense that it was a small company. It was really interesting work. And 
I found my co-founder today. And so I've been working with him since 2005. And I think maybe not the best thing to say, but as a consultant, you learn a lot. The client learns a little, but you feel like nothing really changes. And so moving out to San Francisco and seeing all this tangible change and the power of what you can do, it was just really, really exciting. So having hooked up with Greg through the consulting job and then not riding his coattails, but hanging around him to see what he's excited about and, and doing, I was just exposed to so many different things. I, we set up a family office for him back in the day. And even through that experience, I got to meet hundreds of entrepreneurs and learn about some of the most innovative ideas that folks were working on. And just that exposure in general really helped me get the confidence that we could embark on something like this. Okay. And so this is the first company after your consulting position? Started in consulting, left consulting, thought I would go to business school, ended up not going to business school. Greg and I, we started a company called Three Taps, which back in the day was aggregating all the postings on the web. So think Craigslist, eBay, Indeed, Cars.com, Apartment List. We were creating a data warehouse for entrepreneurs and companies to actually access all the postings on the web so they didn't have to go scrape them themselves. This was over 10 years ago. And so now you can imagine what those challenges would have been back in the day. Specifically, we got in a lawsuit with Craigslist over whether or not we could have that data and normalize that data and share it back out to our customers. But uh, we learned a lot. And with that, we actually pivoted and uh, started thinking about other ideas and started Apto. Okay. And being an entrepreneur, is that something in your blood that your family members have been entrepreneurs or what has led you to the entrepreneurial life? That's a great question because it's one that in San Francisco or in Silicon Valley, I do feel like many younger folks, especially these days, seek to be an entrepreneur. And to be honest, I really didn't even know what it was back in the day. So <laughs> it was not something that I sought out to do. It was not like I was laying in bed every night writing down 10 ideas or anything like that. Um, I really attribute Greg to giving me the exposure and providing me some of the experiences to even think about it and feel like I could do this. And what is something, so maybe name one thing that you're passionate about on the business side and one thing you're passionate about on the personal side. Sure. On the business side, maybe it's my DNA or it, it aligns with who I am personally, but I love the enablement aspect of what we're doing. I'm so tickled and I get goosebumps when I see other companies doing cool things with what we put out there. So the fact that we can enable and empower a wide range of use cases and entrepreneurs and companies, like that is really exciting to me. On the personal side, gosh, in terms of passion, if you mean kind of hobbies and how I spend my time outside of work, having grown up in Chicago back in even like the Bulls heyday or something else, I guess I would call myself a sports junkie or I just love athletics and being active and all sorts of sports, playing them and uh, getting a good sweat in, I guess. 
I always ask this question because I think every CEO or, or C-level executive brings a unique perspective to it. And I'm going to ask you maybe in a little bit different way. You're the CEO of a company with 50 employees. And let's say you have someone right out of college and you're going to hire them and you meet them for the first time and they ask you, what do I need to do in my career to be successful? What would you tell them? That's a fun question. I think, what is it? You get wiser with age. I think what I would say to that now would be, and this is not where I was in college, certainly, but I just feel so lucky to have found great mentors early in my career. So I think the what you do really matters, but who you are with and like the purpose of the company and what you get to do together, I think is really important and will carry you through a lot of the the hardship of an early job. Obviously, being a fresh graduate is tough and entering a new space and entering the workforce. I think the people that you're with will really help you overcome that and be tremendously successful. Yeah. And I want to dive a little deeper on that because I talk about this in a lot of different podcasts is the whole idea of mentorship. And you you kind of brought it up as finding those people that can guide you. And, you know, interestingly, and this is a little bit of a long story, but I I think it's pretty impactful, at least was for me, is when I was leaving one company, I hadn't done a resume in probably seven or eight years. I put it together. I, I hired an outside person to help me. And she said, okay, you've done your resume now go show it to some people outside of the company, maybe even outside of your industry that you see as mentors or guides that can help you. And I'm like, I didn't have anybody. She's like, oh, you're one of those who just put your head down and worked your butt off and didn't create a network and didn't mentor, get a mentorship or whatever. And I feel like that was so impactful for me because at that point I knew what I'd been doing wasn't the right way as far as trying to build a career. And I think... I'm curious from your perspective, do you see mentorship as something that you purposefully do or for you, did it just sort of happen? Just like most things, there's probably not a single right answer, but given the option, I would 100% very much encourage any graduate or any fresh graduate to seek that mentorship. I think a lot of times without having that as a priority. You go through life and and you're having fun. And then all of a sudden, not assuming this is what happened to you, but all of a sudden it catches up to you and you're like, wait, maybe I'm supposed to have a mentor and you feel like now you're playing catch up. So Mm -hmm. if it's in the back of your mind and you're thinking about it, I think the way you might network, the way you might approach a work happy hour or the way you might approach a work dinner or something, maybe it's different, right? Maybe that's a good thing. I think to say you should prioritize it as your number one, it's probably situational, but I do think it's really important. Great. I I agree with you there. So Meg, we've covered a lot of ground. We've talked about Apto Payments and your vision for what you're doing there. We've talked about where you feel like the payments industry is heading and then obviously about your personal journey. Is there anything else you wanted to cover before we wrap up? Always take the opportunity to say that we at Apto are very much hiring. We are accelerating growth of the company. We are looking to double headcount in short order here. We have a very exciting roadmap that we're trying to pull in and execute faster than ever before. So would love to bring on new colleagues, would love to bring on new 
teammates and hopefully if and when we get to talk the uh, apto culture and, and what we're doing is really exciting to you so thank you for the opportunity for the plug greg oh absolutely what would be the best way if someone's interested to find out more email me at megaaptopayments.com Great. All right. Well, Meg, thank you so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed the conversation. I know your time is very valuable. So thanks again for being here. Thanks so much, Greg. Really appreciate it. And to all you listeners out there, I thank you for your time as well. And until the next story. Thank you for joining us this week on the Leaders in Payments podcast. Make sure you visit our website at leadersinpayments.com, where you can subscribe to the show and where you'll find our show notes. If you enjoyed listening, please share on your social channels as well.